Hey, 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 take it easy, man. Over here, the pile of rocks waving at you. Here. Yeah, I'm actually a thing. I'm a being. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Korg. I'm kind of like the leader in here. I'm made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> Just a little rock, paper, scissor joke for you. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! It's finally happened. What? Ragnarok! (laughs) I thought this day would never come. I I thought God of War Ragnarok wasn't coming out till next month. Oh wait, this is the other one. I'm sorry, that joke is lost on me. That's fine. There's a video game called sure. God of War Ragnarok that comes out in about a month from when we're recording this episode. And quite frankly, I was making a lot of mental notes when we were watching the movie being like, I wonder how it's going to compare, and it's probably not going to compare at all. Is Hella going to be in it? No. Okay. Well, I can't tell you that for sure. Uh, Thor will be in it. There's a version of Loki that is in it, um, but I have a feeling that the comparisons may be getting in there. Maybe a giant wolf, though. I think he's going to be in it, too. Well, I think this Marvel picks and chooses how they depict Thor from, like, myth. Uh, absolutely. Versus, like, comic Thor. Yeah, I have. I don't really know much about the actual mythology of Ragnarok, but I agree that this has probably been heavily handpicked mostly uh, well, what i know about thor slash really odin um from mythology is what i know from crosswords and that's that odin shows up a bunch <laughs> so that's pretty much where it begins and ends i would say that's pretty accurate odin's just he just hangs around all the time well, of the yeah, we, we do a lot of crosswords in this house, so that's not really surprising that it would come up there. Um, but yeah, so we have we're finally arriving into the refreshed era of Thor and the MCU. Of course, we recently covered uh, Love and Thunder when that came out in theaters a couple months ago, and now we're pretty quickly looping back around to where he went from the character that Chris Hemsworth was getting bored of playing after two solo movies and two Avengers movies to. I would say a, in most ways, successful soft reboot of the character and his world. Yeah, so could you set the scene to, like, where we were with Thor leading up to this? Right. So, of course, Thor is one of the original um, three Avengers to get a movie before the first Avengers came out. Uh, Kenneth Branagh did it. It was, I would say, like, fairly well-received. I don't know if it's too many people's favorite movies. What's that? I meant more like where we were story-wise. Story-wise. Okay. Well, he's then in that case, he has helped. (laughs) He spent a lot of time on earth. He saved the world twice. He had to our, to our knowledge at this point, uh, an ongoing relationship with Jane Foster. Um, and as a consequence of age of Ultron's, relentless need to set up future movies he has disappeared on a quest to find uh the infinity stones and that's the last time that we've seen him in universe uh he kind of fell off the map for a couple of years and after age the, of ultron came out 
And in his second movie, he gave up the throne. Yes. Leaves we presumably with his dad. He thinks Loki's dead. Yes. Um. Yeah. And yeah, Asgard is unbeknownst to Thor in his hands. Yeah, so it's that's like there's a big question there. Yeah, honestly, how have you not had any communication with your dad about like what's happening with the nine realms? Because isn't he Thor's a bad son? Isn't he also supposed to be like helping, or he's just on his like mission? It seems like he's just on his mission with the Infinity Stones. But then when we pop up and see him, isn't he like what is he doing? He's like getting that horned thing i i don't he wasn't there to go after surter at the start of this movie i my head canon is just that he was continuing his hunt for the infinity stones which by all accounts has been a failure which feels like a bit of a cop-out to me um but somehow ends up falling into the hands of something that captured him in this cage because he's like surprised that surter is still there and alive um, frankly, I feel like it does a bit of a disservice to say that he dropped everything to go look for infinity stones for two years and came up completely empty handed, especially but considering there's one in the, in Asgard, in Asgard. Well, I guess yeah. he knows about that one. So that's cheating, but, but does he, it, it, maybe not. There's some, you know, creative writing happening with that. Sure. When we come back with infinity or er, infinity war. Yeah. yeah. But that said, uh, it is fitting with his character to have not <laughs> accomplished anything in this quest. And yeah, uh, character-wise, it was at the point where I think everyone was a little sick of Thor being serious. Chris Hemsworth was definitely bored of Thor being serious. And this movie was an opportunity for them to reinvent it in a way that would both make the actors, any um, possible directors and his place in the MCU feel a bit newer because he was kind of, uh, for a while, he definitely felt like the odd one out of, like, the main Avengers. I mean, when you look at, like, of course, there's, like, Hawkeye and stuff, but in terms of, like, characters that have gotten a trilogy and now more than a trilogy, he was definitely, like, lower tier. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of Thor as, like, serious, but I think... What what I think of as the difference is like before we're like laughing at him and then now we're laughing like with him. Like he's the one making the joke instead of being like the butt of the joke, I guess. Right. But I think tonally, even the earlier movies like are funny. Yeah. So I, that's why it's not a such a departure, I guess. I mean, I don't even know if anyone's making that argument, but for me, it's like not such a huge change because I'm like, oh, it's still like the same tone as the earlier movies or even as his character. I don't know if it's the same tone. I don't know if I would agree with that because I feel like even though the humor was there, it was very different. I think the difference is more in like, it's one, the story that's being told in the first two movies is so, I mean, not to say that this one isn't Asgard centric, but it's like the visual style the, the enemies that they're fighting, because because obviously Hela is here, but they're interspersing that with so much of this other galactic stuff that brings in more of like the Guardians of the Galaxy elements. And like the music choices, the visual component, like I feel like a lot of the problems that people had with the second movie, especially it was that it was very drab. I do think the Dark World took itself 
more seriously than the first one did. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more of the first one, and you just mentioned a lot of other things. I did. Just yeah, I know, I know. I just mean, like, I really just mean, like, the humor is still... I think there is a lot of humor in the first one. Like, I laugh a lot during the first Thor movie. I like the first Thor movie. Um, and I... I like Thor Ragnarok and I think it's a different type of comedy, but I guess for me, I don't feel like, Oh, where is this character coming from? Like, this is totally different. I'm like, no, I'm fine with this like subtle ish change. Yeah. No, I get that. And I, I think I generally do agree with that. Just on like the character. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other things that are like vastly different, but purely in the character, I think some people make the argument that he gets a little dumb uh, you know, maybe not so much in this movie, but like going forward. Yeah, I don't like his depiction in Endgame, especially. And he's he's dumber in Love and Thunder too than he is in this movie. In some ways, they I forget what the term <laughs> they flanderize him a little bit. That's the term. It's like they make him they introduce those elements to his character in this movie, and then that's what they double down on in all of his appearances going forward. And it's hard to like sometimes I feel like especially yeah in Endgame. And Love and Thunder, it's hard to remember that that's the same character right. from earlier. It's like he's no longer the same person. In this, he feels more like an evolution of what we saw before, just as a consequence of the journey that he's been on. Yeah, and like with Endgame, there's a little bit more of a he's been through a lot, and like there's a reason why he's acting so differently. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't love the direction they went with it especially yeah because in the first thor he's like very smart like he is elevated above the humans and then now he's like i guess like less than like current day not not in this movie necessarily but we'll get there we will get there i mean we already talked about thor 11 yeah if you haven't if you haven't heard us talk about it if you've been like wanting to listen in chronological order then you can just jump back a few months and we've we had a lot to say about that one um, but yeah, so we also get, um, speaking of soft lunches, that there's just a prophecy and Thor's having dreams. And I'm like, I get that we had to like, I guess, put this in here, but this hasn't been established before that he like has this or anything like that. Well, I mean, there was like the whole the infinity sin Yeah. Which was pretty ham fisted in age of Ultron, but it yes. was there so if we want to say that well like he had to they, go to a pond well wasn't he having i thought he was having the the like some dreams about it before he went to the pond i think you're right so or, i guess that is established but still um yeah it's like they they took the norse mythology like before it felt like we had the the world of thor was limited to asgard and asgard was limited in a way to like just being his home and that's where his family was. And the people there were like, yeah, they were posited as like gods. But when we would be in Asgard, it would just be like, it would be a chill place. Um, and we weren't really being exposed to like the really like high level mythological shit going on that we see in this. Like, I do. No- well, the first one relies heavily on it because they're like researching it. And they're like, oh, wait, you mean Thor from, like, the storybooks and, like, mythology? Well, that's that's true. But I just mean, like, in the world of Asgard, no one is, like, talking about, like, these yeah. really, like, high-level concepts. They're just kind of, like, hanging out. 
Um, but yeah, now we've been introduced to like, oh yeah, this is something that we've like known about for our whole lives and now it's coming true. And yeah, it feels a little, uh, like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. Like Ragnarok is like a scary bedtime story. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I do think that this beginning scene like sets the tone for the whole movie, um, in a good way. Like there's a lot of like fighting, there's music, but there's also like comedy and like, I really like this first scene a lot where he's like fighting the dude. No, I was, I remember being really excited when we were watching this because yeah, of course they, they introduced the music and that was already evident in the trailers for this movie, which people like went ballistic about because they were great and it was such like a sign of things to come. But yeah, like the shots where um, the camera's like following the hammers, it spins around in circles. It's like, oh yeah, like they're doing some fun shit now, which is like, it, it felt like what the character deserved from the beginning and it wasn't really, no one was taking advantage of that until now. Yeah. Cool. And I think um, James Gunn set like a precedent with like, you have to use music in a fun way. I mean, they had used music before, like uh, from like the very first Iron Man movie, but yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like they, like Taika ITD like took a, a note from James Gunn with that. In oh, this. absolutely. I think, I mean, and I, that was also something that people made a ton of comparisons to, and I already made a comparison to guardians. Um, yeah, the music, the style of like Sakaar, um, obviously like Jeff Goldblum's character is like, I guess related to Benicio del Toro's character from guardians. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on there, which like, it makes sense that these the, these like storylines would be similar. And I, assume that they had already planned out a little bit with infinity war that these two groups were going to be linked. Um, yeah. And so it, I'm glad that they connected these and I don't know what they would have done if they didn't get a director like Taika Waititi to do it. Um, like what their plan, what, what Thor would have looked like if, um, you know, he didn't kind of follow the James Gunn blueprint. Yeah. I don't know. Um, because yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think at, at this point in the MCU, like they had a pretty, a pretty like concise plan of like how all these characters were going to get to where they needed to be for Infinity War, and when Thor Ragnarok was first revealed at one of the big MCU, like it was like the Phase Three thing, um, they did like a really dramatic like rising from the pits of hell, like very serious looking logo for Thor Ragnarok, and Kevin Feige was like, "This is gonna be like the." this is going to be Thor's winter soldier is basically like what yeah. you said. Like it's going to change everything. And it did, but I don't think that Taika Waititi's tone was what they were originally planning. I think they were going to make it a lot more serious and Ragnarok was going to, I mean, I don't think the Sakaar stuff was in the original plan at all. And the Hulk stuff. I don't, it, that's, this is pure speculation, yeah. but I just, it feels like that's stuff that they would have changed as they realized what, what people were responding positively to. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was just thinking is, like, how intentional was this movie in terms of, like, how it's going to connect with, like, the Guardians, and I don't know if it was, well, or if it's just, now, like, like, Taika doing Taika, and then it's like, oh, this actually worked out, but yeah, I, I also I, think that the MCU is very, or Kevin Feige is very I, intentional. So. I think it's intentional because also, like, that presentation would have been happening around the same time that Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was releasing, so I'm guessing that like, you know, that w- they would have started working on Thor Ragnarok or at least like been early on in the process 
right as Guardians was like catching fire in theaters and people they realized how much people loved like the sci-fi and space side of things and they're yeah. like oh shit like we can like we respond can use this to that right. yeah and like that you can successfully do like a movie fully in space right yeah like we don't need Thor to be back on Earth for this one yeah like, let it go which is for the best I'm sorry Midgard yes okay yes one of the I still don't know what all the nine realms are but sure um yeah well so that's a little preamble. Yes, into it, but. but we do spend a decent amount of time on Asgard in this movie still. We meet Scourge. We meet Scourge, uh, played by Carl Urban, who I know people love Carl Urban, so shout out to him. Uh, I know he's also in The Boys. A lot of superhero stuff for him these days. Um, also in the Judge Dredd remake from a couple years ago. Great movie, if you haven't seen it. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, we, we get introduced to a handful of like new goings on around and we mostly gloss over Thor's old friends who all get murdered violently. Well, we're not there yet. But so in addition to Scourge, we have the best cameo in all of the MCU, maybe. Yes. Yes, we do. And that, of course, is Mr. Matt Damon. Yep. As as Loki. Loki. We also get, uh, I always forget which one it is. Yeah. Luke Evans. And, Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. My bad, y'all. My bad to uh, Luke Hemsworth and to Luke Evans. Who's, Who's Luke, Luke Evans? Evans? Oh, he he was in a. He <laughs> Is played that Chris of, Evans. Bro? No, he played uh, the villain from Fast and the Furious Six. I think the one that's uh, um, Jason Statham's brother. Okay. Anyway. The the play is such like a fun thing. Yeah, I love that they did that. And yeah, so and they have them, and they brought in um. I'm really blanking on names right now, but from Jurassic Park, he's playing Odin. Sam Neill as Odin is also in there. Oh, I didn't even realize that. And then, of course, in Love and Thunder, they did even more with this. Yes. And, uh, that was so great. This is such an inspired idea. And I still, I really wonder what the conversations were to get. I mean, the other people would have done it fine because they're not popping off, but how did Matt Damon get involved in this? I have a lot of questions. Who knows Matt Damon? I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody knows Matt Damon, but like <laughs> this movie specifically, I'm like, who? You're talking about the like Disney Marvel. But they can again, reach out to anybody. It's the whole thing is just so odd to me because it's like, did they like have a discussion with him? And he's like, well, I don't really want to like do a movie, but I'll do a movie. I think that Matt Damon was like out with somebody and they said like do you want to do like or a cameo or he said can i do a cameo yeah like i think it was just like a fun thing because i think he also did a cameo in um deadpool 2 and he was like completely unrecognizably covered in makeup uh so yeah maybe he just likes to do that yeah um with that um it's been like so long in real time since we knew that loki was alive like from the very end of Thor two to now, like in so much time has passed. Yeah, well, it was like when did Thor two come out? Twenty thirteen. So it was like four years IRL knowing that, and about two years in in universe. Actually, I, I don't know timeline wise. Maybe it is real time. So yeah, it's been a while. But so like we as the audience have basically forgotten, and some people probably didn't even know. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people skipped Thor too. <laughs> yeah, or didn't stay for the end. Like, I don't know. It's just so funny to be like, wow, that was, it felt so long ago. Yes. And maybe yes, that's also because of our rewatch has been going on forever. I but. think so. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I don't, because I, I went for a very long time without seeing Thor 2. And I can't remember if we watched it before we saw Thor Ragnarok. I might have just had to like read a Wikipedia summary. Because it wasn't until like much later, uh, whenever we did like our first like full watch through or something that we watched it again. For me, for I the think first time. we had done the watch through before this came out. You think? Okay. Because this was 2017. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But so maybe, yeah. Um, but in that note, uh, he doesn't have a lot of time to do it, but Anthony Hopkins, like playing the fake Odin, is so funny to me. He gets to like fuck around with it a little yeah. bit, and him just being like, oh shit, and like putting his wine glass down. So great. It's, it's like, they're not wasting Anthony Hopkins on this, like, last movie. No. It, it was such a great little bit. I uh, got to have some fun with it, and so did Thor. I just, like, like to imagine, like, the last couple of years on Asgard, Loki's just been, like, fucking chilling. He's just, like, he, he won. He could have just, like, left well enough alone, you know? If he hadn't, if he could have found, like, a better way to not end up getting... Odin killed, you know, this all could have been avoided. I mean, yeah, I think it's easy to blame Loki, but like Odin made his choice. Like he could have come back. He said he like overpowered Loki's oh. spell. Yeah, I guess so. And chose to stay. Yeah, he's like, fuck That's this. That's what his whole I'm little tired thing of this. is. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. Well, I guess this like whole sequence of events, um, happens fairly quickly yeah um, and like surprisingly like it even though i knew it was coming i was still like kind of shocked by it yeah i agree um especially because we just got introduced to dr strange and they're already like they're really moving with the mcu now mm-hmm. i mean and i i appreciated <laughs> that it was really cool even though like we already knew about it from Doctor Strange, I kind of wish that that tag wasn't there because this would have been like such yeah. an amazing surprise. Um, so I'm sure there were a handful of people that skipped Doctor Strange and went to go see this and were pretty stoked. Because, um, yeah, it's such a, a fast crossover. I mean, it was, uh, what, like two movies from the introduction of Doctor Strange to him getting like a big a crossover with a character that a lot of people wouldn't have expected, which is super cool. And the scene where Thor is like poking the business card is, I just love that. He's like, Loki? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the whole scene with them like talking to each other and. Um, Loki's dressed like a witch. Well, yeah, but this is more between Doctor Strange oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Thor. Like, I think that's a really good scene, and he's just like fucking with him. And we get the introduction, I guess, with the beer, which is going to come back yes. more and more. Um, but, I, and I think that is kind of keeping Thor on the same intellectual level because he's like maintaining this conversation with Dr. Strange, even though Dr. Strange is like fucking with him. And that I think we start to lose um, later on. For sure. And uh, yeah, Dr. Strange, he's talking a big game for someone that doesn't know who Thanos is. I mean, I don't know if Thor knows who Thanos is at this point either, but, like, 
Mr. I'm keeping a list of people that are like a threat to the world. Of course, of course, Loki's on the list. But, He's Loki's on everybody's list. But does Doctor Strange know? Because, you know, he can manipulate time. He, I don't think so. Because when, when Hulk shows up and is like, Thanos is coming. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Wong also has a look on his face like, I don't know what you're talking about. And if Wong doesn't know, then we are well but don't, and truly fucked. Doesn't Wong know that that's an infinity stone? They know that that's, they an, know infinity it's an infinity stone, but they don't know who's coming for it. Gotcha. All, anyway, um, yeah, this is a really great scene. Um, definitely like a good opportunity to see how much Doctor Strange has improved since his own movie, just like in small ways. Um, and the fact that like the the fact that there are humans that can do this kind of magic or sorcery, excuse me, is like incomprehensible almost to Thor. He's like, you are lying. <laughs> and then of course, like Tony Stark feels the same way when he meets him in Infinity War. Like, why are you fucking with me? Um yeah, so then we do get Loki and Falling for 30 minutes. Yeah, and Thor. <laughs> meeting back up with Odin before he dies and he just lays a, a small little truth bomb on them before he he's like Audi. And what is that truth bomb? They have a sister. Oh my gosh. There's going to be a family reunion. Oh yay. Which, That's going to be so fun. <laughs> I know that we both just acknowledge that we don't know much about, much about the myth or the comic really, but is it like known that Odin has like a bunch of children? Is it, like, or is it usually just these uh, three? I don't know, but, like, I feel like it's a safe assumption that, like, every god has just, like, a shitload of kids. That's what I figured, and I was like, they is just can't, this going to kind of come back? pumping them out. Is this going to come back more? I mean, yeah, I guess if they wanted it to, they could be like, oh, yeah, there's another one. But this one already felt, like, cheap, because they had lines in, like, the first Thor where uh, Odin is, like, literally, like, my, my firstborn, first and it's like, okay. And my now, firstborn with this wife. <laughs> Frigga's like, excuse me? Um, the, the, this scene was pretty significantly changed in production. Um, if you couldn't tell by the, in my opinion, slightly questionable green screen on the whole like cliffside setting. Well, picturesque, I'm like, hmm. You mean they this, didn't go to Norway? They didn't go to Norway because originally uh, Odin was supposed to die in an alleyway in New York City and they were like, this is too depressing. Because I'm pretty sure he was supposed to, like, be, like, trying to tell somebody about Ragnarok. Like, a random person on the street to, like, warn them. Oh, he's supposed to be kind of, like, crazy. And, yeah, people were like, who's this fucking crazy homeless person? And then he just dies. And that's when, like, oh my Loki, God. And Odin, or Loki and Thor find him there. No, this was way better. Yeah. Even with a green screen. And if you're curious, there's, there's clips of it in the uh, first trailer for the movie. Like, and Hela would have showed up there, too. Yeah. And then the, the hammer would have been broken in an alleyway in New York, which would have been interesting. Um, I don't know how they would have... Saved Did they, did they move it in Love and Thunder? They did. Well, they because did, they had it but they're also still, it's in, still in Norway. Norway. Yeah. They're not going to build new Asgard in the middle of Easier to find. Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so it, per- it perfectly like set up new Asgard, too. Yeah, it did. They did a really good job with that. Um but yeah, a bummer to see Odin go, but I guess, uh, you know, it, it had to be done. It's fine. I just, I like Anthony No Hopkins, one really likes Odin. No, that's true. He's kind of a dick. Um, also, we don't, like, need him anymore. Like, he no. was really only important in the first one, and he really should have died in the second <laughs> one. Yeah, he should have. He really should have. 
but they weren't going to kill off both parents in the same movie. Also, like, then this whole Hella plot would have been fucked. Exactly. So she arrives in her first wig. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the headpiece, man, I just can't, I can't handle the headpiece. I mean, the whole, her whole vibe is just, it's something. I mean, I do really like the costuming hair and makeup thing where, like, she's, like, the longer, you know, they keep saying this whole thing about, like, her powers from Asgard, another uh, Guardians thing um, with the whole planet being your power. Um, But she's, like, getting, you know, stronger and stronger, and she's, like, looking better and better. Like, she goes from a real emo look to a much more put-together villain by the end, and... I don't know. It's just a subtle thing that I like. Yeah, it's cool. Good character design. And Kate Blanchett did a good job, even if the character is a little undercooked, I think. Um, yeah, this has been my issue with Thor Ragnarok, because <clears throat> this is, like, a lot of people's, like, favorite MCU movie. And I totally get why. And, and again, watching it this time, I liked it even more than I did, like, the first couple times. But I felt like the Sakaar stuff is kind of its own plot and like with Hulk and stuff and like that's very funny and like Tessa Thompson getting introduced and then we keep going back to Hela and I'm like excuse me I'm like what well this is like happening so fast and like we barely get any time with her and then she's just like gone and I feel like she's a much bigger villain which is kind of has been our running complaint I guess for the most part of most MCU movies now is like introduce known, the villain, kill the villain. The, the MCU is a known villain problem. It's, it's not something that they've been able to conquer. Even the, I mean, except I, for Thanos, Thanos. Yeah. Thanos remains the best villain. And that's because they gave him like two, three hour movies to breathe, even though he like technically the one that we originally knew, like died 20 minutes into one of those movies. But yeah, it's just like and same with like Loki, even though he's like not really a villain anymore. But right? Yeah, they've had some that have worked better than others. But the best villains keep coming back. This just felt like um, to me, like what we were talking about earlier, like the the direction of the movie was planned to be taking before Taika was even involved. The Asgard, Hela, Ragnarok stuff like needed to happen for the plot of the MCU as a whole, but it's not something that Taika was necessarily interested in. Hence the Sakar stuff um, and. I think we've, I feel like we talked about this like on pod before, but maybe not. Maybe it's just amongst ourselves. Just the fact that they were happening separately from each other and the Sakaar plot was just like to get back to Asgard. It felt like, and I don't know how, if they had interwoven them better than like literally just cutting from Sakaar to Asgard and ha- having these two separate groups of people, something could have been better. And they, they had that bit where, um, uh, why am I forgetting Idris Elba's character's name right now? Heimdall. Heimdall is like talking to Thor and they're like communicating from Sakaar. It's like there's that, but yeah, it felt pretty disconnected. And by the time we get back to Asgard, it's just one long fight scene until Hela is right. dead. So, like, I mean, there's a bit of a, you know, I'm on a journey thing for Thor being like, I have to get back to Asgard. I have to get back to Asgard. So, like, that is, you know, like you said, like the connective tissue, but also just, again, going back to tone, like the Hella plot is so serious. It's taking itself so seriously. Like people are getting murdered left and right on Asgard. And then Sakaar is like, has its own stakes, I guess, but it's so not taking itself seriously. 
And that's always been, like, such a big, like, mind fuck watching the movie. And I'm like, I do really like part... I like... I like the Hella stuff, actually, and I like the Sakar stuff, but I don't like having to go back and forth with, like, these super drastic, like, are we supposed to be taking this seriously? Or, oh, shit, like, a whole country planet has just been, that's, like, that, blown up. That's the whole movie. Yeah, it's like, he, they couldn't make their minds up about, like, what, how much <laughs> emotional weight we were supposed to take away from any of it, whether it was the Sakar stuff or the Asgard stuff, and it, it suffers... As a result, I feel like I said the same thing for Love and Thunder. It was like they, they couldn't yeah. pull the trigger on making it one or the other. So they, they find a middle ground and then it kind of makes both sides of the story suffer. I think the best part of the Thor Ragnarok in the connective tissue is actually Tessa Thompson's character because she is not like funny. I mean, she's funny, like, but not because like, of who she is, funny. but her story <laughs> is so sad and it connects with Hela. So I think. Watching it again this time, I did actually, I didn't feel as much of a juxtaposition as I did before, but maybe it's because I'm also like more used to it now and I was like prepared for it. Um, but I I think that helped with keeping the worlds connected, I guess, um, in some ways. And like, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, like, the main weakness of this movie, but it doesn't detract from the whole thing. And I think you're right that, yeah, Valkyrie's a good, like, um, kind of common thread for that. Um, But in in that manner, like, the problem that a lot of people have with this movie is that Taika, like, throws away a lot of the stuff from the first two Thor movies, for better or for worse. A lot of it is for better, but I'm still... I am mad at how he killed all of Thor's friends because I've already complained about how Asgard was like lacking characterization in the first two Thor movies because he spent so much time on Earth, and every time we were in Asgard, it was kind of like he was making a stop-off, and it wasn't really his home. And we have these characters that could have been further developed to give it a sense of place, even if you were to kill him later, but instead, like, Hela just kills them instantly. It doesn't matter, because, one, no one remembers who these characters are, but it's just like, we, we couldn't have even left one of them alive. Also, they were just like hanging out, like just waiting chilling. to die. Right. Sif's not even here. And if she was, then the, I feel like Taika would have killed her. But then Taika didn't even kill her in Love and Thunder. So I don't know. I don't know what his problem was. He's like, I have to delete everybody on Asgard. Like, I think it makes sense that they would have been killed like easily because that's like whole, Hela's whole thing. But like, at least give them like an entrance. Like, oh, we're going to come in like. Why don't they? Asgard needs us, and then they get killed immediately. Because I think that's <sighs> important to show how easily she killed them. Yeah, I wish they would have like escaped and then joined the Revengers. You know, um, one thing I think that would have been cool, and I don't know how it would have made sense to do this, but like having another Hela fight at Sakar. And then they go back to Asgard because I think you're right. Like it is just like one long fight at the end with Hela. Like there's not enough uh, going back and forth with Hela. So yeah, I don't know how they would have pulled it off, but I agree. Something just something else. Something that's involving Hela, not on Asgard, not in Norway. Uh, what well, if, yeah, the Norway one's very short. Right. Yeah, it doesn't even count. And again, important to show like, oh, she can easily get past them. Right. But still. I'm, yeah, I, I think the whole thing was that uh, they wanted to... Someone at the at Marvel Studios wanted to do a Planet Hulk movie, or a, uh, yeah, Planet Hulk, 
Um, but they can't do Hulk movies because they don't have the distribution rights. So this is a backdoor way for them to do it. And now it kind of sounds like the new Captain America movie is kind of going to be the same way because there's going to be a Hulk villain in it. And it sounds like Hulk is now going to be in that movie too. And people are like, well, are they just, they're going to throw Ragnarok it and it's going to be like half a Captain America movie, half a Hulk movie about something or other. Um, cause he's, he's gone back to Sakaar in universe at this point in time. So we don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, so they, they were trying to balance the two here, which I mean, I think the Thor Hulk pairing is great because yeah. we've already established their like, he's a friend from work. It's yes. a classic line. It's a classic line. And they, they already had that back and forth from the first Avengers in a way. I mean, like Hulk's not really interacting with anybody, but he punches Thor and that's like the most that you can get from him. Yeah. No, I I love the Sakar stuff. Um, yeah. Which is kind of where I'm in my notes. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of um, I get a lot of Star Wars from it, especially like the scavengers. I'm like these just feel like Star Wars characters. Yeah. No, they they definitely give me um, like Tusken Raider vibes with the masks and, like, all the, the noises that they're making. Um, yeah, it's, like, a different kind of... Even though, like, we made so many Guardians and James Gunn comparisons, there's, like, they do a good job of making uh, Sakarans like, distinct from the other aliens and people that we've seen throughout that series so far. I mean, great use of Jeff Goldblum. Incra- yeah, fantastic use of Jeff Goldblum. Also, great use of pure imagination from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What? Like, whose idea was that? When he's being brought in to be like, you will now meet the Grandmaster. It's playing pure oh, imagination. That's perfect. Like, from the original version of the movie. And it's like, who, who thought this? Also, I wanted to know the in-universe explanation on how they got their hands on that song. Probably fell through a wormhole, a cassette tape <laughs> or something. Um, the whole, yeah, the whole setup at Sakaar is, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie because... It's such a well-built-out world. It's well-built-out, and it also doesn't make any sense. Like, the time, how time works there is, like, completely nonsensical. Because, obviously, Loki fell, I think Loki fell out, like, seconds before Thor did, yet has been there for weeks. Also, uh, the Grandmaster's bit where he's talking about that. And he's like, well, in any other world, I'd be a million years old by now. But here on Sakaar, and then he just like trails off and does like this little like, eh, like weird like grin thing. And Thor and Loki <laughs> are just looking at each other. That's my favorite comedic bit for this entire movie because there's no there's no joke. They just like let it sit. This fucking weirdo. Um, and we get Taiko Itidi as uh, oh, Korg, of Korg, course, of course. And now that you know, I feel like Taiko really burned a lot of the Korg bridges. With Love and Thunder, people have now turned on Korg. Yeah. Be that as it may, his presence in this movie is still great. It's they didn't so do too funny. much with it. He does his little rock, paper, scissors joke. It's fucking amazing. I I love Korg in this. And it's really hard for me to not just like want to say all of his lines right now in, in Taika's accent. Um like what a what a great surprise he was. <laughs> it's so good. Him and Meek, you know. In the freaky circle. Just a big fan. Um, yeah, so then, like, we get into the whole, like, battle thing. We get to see that Hulk is thriving. Yes. Um, His I, champion. I understand, like, why trailers exist and everything. 
but again, how great would this have been if we didn't know that Hulk been, was going to come? Would have been ape shit. Ape like, shit. I, I am of the belief that the MCU should not make any trailers because <laughs> they don't need to. I mean, I don't I don't know if there has been a movie released without a trailer ever. I mean, well, I know, but I'm just I'm just proposing that I think that they would build up more hype, honestly, if they didn't have a trailer. I still think they would build up they would build up more hype with certain people, but they're they're trying to get the people that are so that are out of touch. They're like, I don't know what this is unless I see a trailer for it. And this one especially, I could tell that they were like, we're not going to have another Thor movie that yeah. doesn't do well. So if people don't know, like we, they can let it do like a word of mouth thing. But that that's like rolling the dice on like people have to like this movie to want to tell people to go watch it. And they weren't sure about that. Fair but I enough. agree. Because like there was no indication on who it was until he comes out to fight. Um, you know, besides like this is a really strong person. <laughs> There's so many, so many characters that they could have used. I mean, I... If I hadn't known, I wouldn't have thought it was someone we already knew. No, I mean, yeah, like, why would you? There's no way of knowing. Except the only hint that we had is that Hulk disappeared, but some people might not even have remembered that. So, um, but yeah, really, really inspired choice to bring him back in this manner and have him be, you know, in full Hulk mode. And even then they put in the trailer too, like him being able to like actually like speak in form full sentences that was like enough to get people to go like crazy because that was the most advanced we've seen hulk yet and probably a lot of people's favorite iteration of hulk still because now we're in the weird in between hulk phase but um yeah big fan of that also i think this is happening kind of at the same time on asgard um hell is like getting the grand tour of the palace with scourge the coward Um, And I really like the whole idea of Odin, her being so indignant over Odin, like kind of whitewashing uh, Asgard's history. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that's that seems real. Like any historical conqueror, he did a lot of fucked up stuff. He was an imperialist. There are nine realms. Those nine realms were not originally... Uh, under the control of Odin or Asgard. So, of course, there would have been some... It's protection, Griff. Okay. Yeah, it's like the mob. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the queen. You're going to... Oh, well, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, the king. (laughs) Still too fresh. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was, like, a pretty cool character motive, even though it was kind of like everything else on the, the Asgard side of this movie, a little underdone. Um, I just thought it gave like some cool backing and it made sense for her to like have this uh, hidden army stowed away because of course, like, I guess oh, the soldiers can be killed, I guess, but it, it, it tracks that Odin would have like literally just buried all of this stuff away because it's like, it's deep shame. Right. It kind of makes me wish that like Odin had been alive to see some of this happen and for Thor and Loki to have to like reckon with it instead of, because they're over. Thor they're, reckons with it a little bit. He does. Yeah. So, well, because, yeah, they're, they're fighting in that room where there's like the huge mural of Hela and Odin, which I think is cool. Well, he's even like saying it while on Sakaar, like, you know, I'm just be like, and Loki's like talking to him about, like, yeah, it sucks to have to find out things like later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I have, I do need to know. 
a question. I need an answer to this question. Are Hulk and Valkyrie fucking? I don't know if that's physically possible. I'm just but saying. But if so, yes. I feel like they are. They probably and are. And I didn't think that until I saw it this time. They probably are. And especially like the way that they do the jokes later where she's like trying to see why she recognizes him. And same with him. It's like, do we know each other? It's like, it just felt like, have we slept with each other? Like, <laughs> I just, I feel like it happened. We could probably, uh, you know, if you ask the right person at Marvel, you might be able to get an answer to that question. Um, and then I just have a lot more questions about Valkyrie. Also, like, weird that we call her that, considering that that's, like... Not her name. Her job. <laughs> <laughs> um, she never gets another name, does she? Nope. Okay. Um, but... Like, why did she survive? She, I mean, I she, know that somebody, like, she just you know, did. got in front of her, but, like, she's the only one, did, presumably. Do you think Hela did it on purpose? Like, tell people, Stop like, what her. You, yeah, yeah, like, carry the memory of what I did. It sounds like something she to would To you do. and your boo. I, I think it's a... What I was thinking watching that scene... Uh, especially like, well, they talk about it. And then later we have the scene where Loki does like his little mind trick to make her relive it, which is shot beautifully. So cool. Like that whole sequence, we don't get a lot of it. We just kind of get like flashes of it. I thought that that would have been a really cool, if a little off topic, uh, cold open for this movie. Yeah. Like if we had just opened with Hella, maybe, Maybe like a bit of Hela doing her thing. Maybe Odin is there in some capacity and they talk about it. We don't know what's going on. And then she like slaughters all the Valkyries and we see Valkyrie uh, like escape somehow. And then we're, we've been introduced to who Hela is before the movie tells us right. about it. I think that would have been really fucking and cool. And see Odin like putting like whatever spell on her, yeah. but we don't know that it's like yeah, a we don't daughter. Know that, yeah. yeah. I think that would have been really cool. And I, in that same like shot. Yeah. Kind of Cause it would have made it way. into like more of a mystery of like who Hela is and why. And maybe just if they'd done that and like changed the pacing in order of things a bit, that could have been something that like is uncovered later in the movie or something. Like they knew who Hela is, but not why. I think that just would have made her character in that plot a bit more compelling. Just a thought. My kind of next notes are about like Thor trying to get his team together on Sakaar. The and, Revengers? Like, we're back with Mark Ruffalo. Yes. I really enjoy the whole, uh, like all of Thor's exchanges, both with Hulk and Banner about how he likes one and not the other or <laughs> yeah, vice versa. Really funny. <laughs> I love that he keeps just repeating the sun thing because he's like, that's sun's, all I've sun's got. Going down. Sun's going down. Um, <laughs> He Banner's just like you can stop saying that. <laughs> I I mean there. That's like the least the, call me. Um the the meme that I've still seen from this movie is Thor being like, is he though? When Banner's like, well Banner's helpful too. Like he's got all these PhDs. Like I can help fight monsters, and he's just like so butthurt about. Thor wanting Hulk to come back. I was like, you don't like me. You're not my friend. <laughs> and that <laughs> Hulk doesn't believe him when he says you're my favorite, but Mark Ruffalo is immediately like, really? Thanks, like, thanks I- man. <laughs> I just, it's so good. 
Um, yeah, I just love Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. I know. Yeah, I can't can't he, get enough. That's why when you were saying that, like, they want to bring Hulk into other stuff, I'm like, great, more I Mark mean, Ruffalo. Yeah, because what else are they going to do? They, Yeah, more more than what we got into She-Hulk, and that was still, like, a good amount, honestly. Um, <clears throat> The other, well, I just was wondering if, like, the point break is, like, a reference to something in an earlier movie. Yeah, he, uh, he calls him that in the first Avengers movie. Oh, okay. Uh, on account of the hair, of course, because yeah. he looks like Patrick Swayze in Point Break. Yeah, he, there's some line about, like, um, it's, you I know, they always talk about how much he loves the hammer in the first Avengers, and there's something there, yeah. But I think when I first saw it, I was like, that makes sense, but I couldn't remember the reference either. Yeah, because that's his, like, code to getting into the ship. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I couldn't remember what it was going to be, and I was like... Uh, dumbest Avenger. Like, I thought he was going to, like, yeah. guess that or something. I also just love that Hulk's is actually strongest Avenger. Yeah. Or, no, it's not. He just... Well, he's, he says Banner, and then it's, like, welcome strongest yes, Avenger. Yeah. Which, you know, Tony likes Banner best. Yes, of course. As his science buddy. I, I am getting annoyed with everybody, mostly, like, Hulk, though, because... Or with Bruce... Because uh, Thor has saved Earth now at least two or three times, and no one wants to help him save his planet. And it's not fair. <laughs> Everyone's just out here for their own planet. It's fucked up. Yeah, but, no, like, it is kind of mean. He's been helping out, and, you know, he needs he needs some backup. Yes, he does. I mean, the, the people probably don't even know all the Thor 2 stuff, like, for all accounts and purposes, like that shouldn't have even affected Earth, and yet he ended up fighting a bunch of monsters in London anyway. So yeah, put some put some respect on his name. Like, and he was the one that came closest to actually killing Thanos later on. I know that hasn't happened yet, but like, come on. Like, yes, he might he's he's struggling a bit here, but he he deserves uh, some respect and some just. A little world saving as a thank you. That's the least they can do. Yeah, he's still got brother drama. You know, I love how Loki's written in this movie. Yes, I think this is like peak Loki. Yeah. In my opinion. Which I know you said that Taika kind of like disregarded some of the first two movies, but I think that he did a, or I don't know who wrote this, but whoever wrote this like did a really good job of like, maintaining the arc and still kind of keeping the mischievousness of Loki. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, I think when the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, well, he's, like, really turned a new leaf. And then, of course, like, towards the end of the movie, you're like, okay, no, like, you're still up to the same old shit, aren't you? Also, like, Tom Hiddleston is doing, like, such, like, subtle acting in this movie. Like, I just was wondering, like, does he practice smiling in the mirror? Because he does a yes. lot of these, like, smiling, like, Wait, acting choices yeah. that are, like, so subtle. Like, it's not, like, a big, goofy grin. He's just, like, kind of, like, chuckling to himself almost. And I'm like... Does he just like practice this in the mirror? Oh, you know he does. He's like so good at just giving like a wry smile. And it's, it does so much for like the scenes that he's in. That's such a big part of like why he's so good as Loki. Because yeah, yeah, it's not just like the line delivery or anything. It's his whole persona. And I mean, he's great the first time we see him, but I think even he and his, he as an actor has like really grown with the character too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, he's a great addition to this. And, 
his his plot throughout the movie is really great. Um, it's like a little less. I mean, I guess you know Thor is really. Uh, gotten over the whole thing with his mom he's not bringing that up as much anymore yeah um, but you know good for him that's that's a growth i guess i like i said earlier i referenced the joke earlier how hulk and valkyrie or banner and valkyrie don't recognize each other but why hasn't valkyrie asked where hulk is this whole time because he's like disappeared uh, too too drunk to care yeah i that's a good question though I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff going on in Sakaar that she's just, like, not really privy to, even though she is, like, buds with Hulk. Well, no, but she everyone knows that Hulk has, like, absconded. Yeah. She saw them leave together. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's worth it for, like, the bit of her not realizing. And that Banner is just, like, not, a, not who you'd expect to turn into Hulk. Yeah. So... Um, and oh. I love their whole escape from Sakaar. Oh yeah, it's so that it's probably like, I mean their fight's really good, but their the escape sequence on Sakaar is really great, and it's like the the use of the the music there is great because they they keep using like the little tune that the Grandmaster like plays on his keyboard, the do 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 do, and you know he's got his fucking orgy playing, which is <laughs> just yeah, some real Taika shit happening. Yeah, I just that they did a really good job. Like, we don't spend. I mean, this is not like a super short movie, but in the amount of time that we spend on Sakaar, they give it a lot of character. Um, and I, I do wish we had gotten to see uh, Jeff Goldblum come back, but you know, not every character needs to make recurring appearances. He might. He was supposed to come back in something else. I don't, I wouldn't count him out. Yeah, he's still he's still floating around somewhere. I don't think he got killed at the end there. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back. And um, I I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I'm not sure he will, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back for something else. Um, but yeah, so then they, they get back to um, Asgard, and that's where we finish the movie yes, the out. Avengers arrive, and we get the moment where... Uh, Banner jumps out of the ship and just like dies. <laughs> is uh, that was pretty great. As much as I wanted like a cool moment in in that moment when I first saw it for for Hulk to like get that moment of glory. Yeah, we don't even see him turn. Time. Yeah, uh, but Fenrir was not ready for it, or Fenris. Um, Fenrir is from Harry Potter. There's something else. I swear to God that uses Fenrir instead of Fenris, but it's also it's a reference to the same character, but. I, I do like that we get the moment where Fenris like is able to bite or like pierce Hulk's skin because it's like oh yeah it's not just a big wolf dog it's a mythical big wolf dog and yeah Hulk's strong but he's not it's it's like the whole thing where it's like vibranium is the strongest metal on Earth but there are stronger metals elsewhere um, we just have not been introduced to all of it yet so cool. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's a good like last fight scene, and it's like long. And oh yeah, I like that every like there's like these separate groups doing their thing. Um, Scourge gets his redemption moment with yeah. uh, uh, Des and Troy, you know, his his guns. Um, yeah, when Loki comes with the ship and is like, "I'm the savior," I'm like, "This is great." I also, I mean, we didn't we skipped over it, but I mean, Thor catching on to like what Loki was gonna try to do when he was betraying him, which that was a great moment for Thor. 
because they just like had that conversation about you know where they are as people not to mention that they did get help yeah (laughs) which is also a great moment and then to have loki like at that point rescued by korg of all people (laughs) uh really just sums up like his his journey it's a perfect group for loki to rule over it is (laughs) you're in desperate need of leadership thanks man um yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a lot to say. My last note is literally, like, I like that her hair keeps getting better. <laughs> like you said earlier, yes. Yeah. It's, what kind of conditioner is she using? So that was horrible. The terrible. Okay, I'll, I'll cut that out. Nope, nope. <laughs> we all have to remember that. Uh, yeah, Thor does get his eye cut out, something that two movies later has just gone completely just by the wayside. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I don't, I don't know why they did that. Why did they do that? I mean, literally the next movie rocket gives him a fake eye. I know. They just want to do like the whole, you know, Thor Odin thing. And then they're like, well, he was probably like, I don't want to wear an eye patch forever. (laughs) I don't even know if they bother doing like, I, I feel like he had a different, it was like a different color dye in infinity war. And I don't even know if they bother with that. In his appearances after, they're like, you know what? Everyone else is going to forget about the fact that we tried to do that. Like, I'm fine with it, that they fix it. Yeah, it's not a huge deal. Also, Heimdall is pretty cool in this. He is still underused, but I would say slightly less underused. However, the fact that the next time he shows up is when he gets killed and Thor is, like, crying about his best friend getting killed is a moment. Um, I actually don't think he's underusing this. I like his, cause he's the one we keep cutting back to. And he's like the one behind the scenes, like rescuing people. I guess he feels underused to me just because he doesn't have that many interactions with the rest of the cast. Like he's, he's by himself. He does. But that's talk his whole it. thing. I know, but it's just like the nature of every time they have Idris Elba here. I'm like, guys, come on. Like he deserves to be like, working with like the rest of this crew like there yeah. could be some cool interactions there but it, don't, it would make sense story-wise so whatever i do think they're very close he's probably known heimdall the longest yeah we just don't like get a lot of um personal moments between them because in the first two movies it's like heimdall's like all business so i'm like yeah but really he's like to... all business but he gives them a little sure you know little, little look over him. um but yeah you know you, you've seen the movie, most likely. Um, big fight scene. Thor tries to kill Surtur and then has to be called off. Um, no, Hulk. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. Uh, we were recording this while we have COVID, and I think the uh, little brain fog's getting to me. Um, I did have like one note that I had earlier that I forgot to mention, which was that at this point in the MCU, the conspiracies about like where the Infinity Stones and how Infinity War would start were running rampant and everyone was always trying to figure something out. So in this movie, not only was it considered a theory that Heimdall had the Soul Stone somehow. Oh, like in his sword or or something? he was the Soul Stone or something like that because, yeah, like he could see into other people's... And that was that was postulated. Obviously, that didn't happen. People were obsessed with the Soul Stone. They Well, it was, you know, it was the missing link. Well, and it people, was way worse than what people something. thought it was going to be. It was. Um, but the other thing was that the original 
comic for Infinity War had Thanos doing all of this crazy shit because he fell in love with death. The Hella? Well, so that's what people thought because in the comic, it was just like, this is death. Like she was the physical embodiment of death. Thanos was like, hey, you're super hot. Like, let me, let me kill a bunch of people and show you how strong I am real quick. And I was in the camp of people being like, they're not going to do that for a movie. That's, it was ridiculous. I mean, it worked for the comic, but trying to imagine this Thanos doing all this to impress a romantic partner, I didn't think that was going to work. But because that was what the comic did, um, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, could Hela, because even in the trailer, they were like, had her being the like, I'm the goddess of death. And then people were like, no, she's not death. She's just the goddess of death. And there was so much back and forth. And then, like, even. Which I would just like to say, I think that would count, the goddess of death. If they were going to do that, I think that counts. Right. Uh, I mean, I think, like, the death in the comic was, like, literally just, like, a skeleton with, like, okay. like, wearing a robe. But even after this movie came out, I think there were still people being like, she didn't die, guys. Like, we didn't see her die. And everyone's like, we, there's a flash of green where her body was. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. There was, yeah, it was, it was a real breaking point. Everyone was just so desperate for answers. And at this point, we were close to Infinity War coming out. And the fact that there were still so many unknowns was driving people crazy. And the post credit scene in this movie, which has Thanos' ship showing up, that was such a tease. Like, that was... Well, yeah, because I think I asked you at the end of the movie, like, did people know that was Thanos' ship? Like, is it, like, established? I, I think we had seen it before. Or people I could just think, guess. But, yeah. And also, I want to say at this point, um, for folks that were, like, really paying attention to everything, an Infinity War trailer had been released at Comic-Con or something, and it, it wasn't supposed to be publicly released, but somebody had filmed it and release the whole thing in, like, horrible quality. And one of the things in that trailer was the Guardians in space when, like, Thor, like, lands on their windshield. And so people knew that somehow Thor was going to end up, like, adrift in space, and there was, like, rubble everywhere. So people had an idea of what was going to happen. Yeah. So we have Black Panther, and then what comes after Black Panther? Infinity War. Oh, so we only have one movie. Yeah. Wow. So and so it was because and yeah so this movie came out and then when the first um, it, actual public Infinity War trailer released Black Panther wasn't out yet. I always think Black Panther comes earlier in the maybe just because of Civil War I guess but yeah yeah I mean it's pretty wild it doesn't because obviously everything has like been coming together but it doesn't feel like we're like one movie away from. Infinity a War, lot too. happens in Infinity War. Yes. I, I forget that some of the plots in Infinity War are just from Infinity War. I think they're from other movies. Yeah, which I feel like is a testament to how strongly that movie like delivered on having to build up so much. I'm really excited to watch it because I feel like I haven't seen it in a while, but um, we did just kind of watch it. Yeah. But um, either way, I mean, people, you know, there's been a lot of like, uh, hemming and hawing about the state of the MCU right now. But what we're watching at this moment, like what we're going through is like definitely like it's prime. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, all of like all of phase three 
is just like it's hit after hit. Even like the ones that are even like, Doctor as strong. Strange, even Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, it's just it's all highs, and knowing that it ends like they pull it together so well just makes all these movies that much better because like the follow through is there and it was done well. Yeah, so um, we're excited. We're gonna be watching Black Panther right before. Black Panther 2 comes out in theaters, so we're going to do a little back-to-back. Cannot wait. I've heard, I'm hearing nothing but good things about Wakanda Forever. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Uh, Namor looks fucking awesome. Uh, That's the Aquaman guy. Yeah, I think he's a mutant. I think think he was like, yeah, we're doing the mutant version because we can do that now. So I'm like, let's go. You know, there might be some more, uh, it's because... Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to close like phase four of the MCU, which has been a very weird time um, story-wise. And I think it's going to set up some of the big stuff that we know is coming in a couple of years, which is very exciting. All right. Well, lots to ruminate on. Yes, indeed. We do have some maybe not so fan favorites coming up. Such yeah, as we're in the, we're in the <laughs> Wonder Woman and Black Adam. We're in the, the dark era of the DC universe. Just kidding. That's the so whole thing. The DC universe. <laughs> um, and we have She-Hulk to finish up. So yeah, on, on a lighter note and anyway. we're for, for the, the people that have been hankering for it. You're probably out there. We are making our long awaited return to Hellboy with Hellboy, the golden army. That'll be coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm excited to get back to it, so we hope you enjoy hearing that one. And we are out of the the superverse. superverse.